us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, hey, it is now time for the last comic shop. That was me entering and leaving and entering and leaving very really? quickly. It sounded like, like you just like, I don't know, drinking a Slurpee or something really slowly, like one slurp at a time. I guess that too. That's it's, when you're doing Foley, it's all about context. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to explain your Foley, you're not doing a very good job. But what do we do a very good job at every single week, J.A.? We try to do a very good job at explaining a comic book. And this week we're doing Flash. <laughs> there we go. We'll be done before you know it. Well, we hope so. Or or not, or not, because he doesn't do a lot of running in this one. But anyways, (laughs) it is uh, 2011 comic book crossover story arc Flashpoint. That's right. And that is in honor of today's movie review. Should have been called Flashpoint because kind of the same story yes exactly it's it's a batman story that Flash is in they're both ah, batman stories. shouldn't have just been called batman <laughs> Flash is here too <laughs> all right this show is called the last comic shop with andy larson and chad smith and jay scott are here too um and we are reading flashpoint we are and uh, again it's in honor of the flash movie that will also be giving you a movie review later on today's show it is not a movie mayhem that wrapped up several weeks ago with may actually a little bit of june yeah like dribbled over into june but in any case we're way beyond may totally june and it's totally reading this book totally done by who ja all right so flashpoint was written by jeff johns penciled by andy kubert with inks by sandra hope and colors by Alex Sinclair. Letters were provided by Nick J. Napolitano with some alternate covers by Ivan Reyes, George Perez, and Rod Reyes. I, I love Andy Kubert's art, honestly. He comes from good stock, being son of Joe Kubert, a fantastic uh, artist from both the Golden Age and the Silver Age. The Kubert School. And the Kubert School, which a lot of awesome folks came out of. My counterpoint to that? I don't like them. Oh, you don't? Well, from the start, we're already getting various viewpoints on this particular <laughs> series. I think you'll see a trend as we continue, as me being the guy that kind of sort of like this, and everybody else being a bunch of Debbie Downers. Well, no, in all defense to Adam Kubert, uh, he was always not Jim Lee. <laughs> Like he took over the X-Men books in the nineties and he was not Jim Lee. And for whatever reason, and I know he has storytelling chops. uh, There's just something about his art that has never spoken to me. And I trust me, I get it. There are artists that I love, like John Romita Jr. That people are like, Oh, he's terrible. He just draws blocks. Mm. Yeah, he does, but he's great. For whatever reason uh, with both Cuber brothers, I, I struggle I don't know what it is. Well, well, in any case, uh, we're going to get to the 10 cents synopsis. Uh, so, uh, Chad, why don't you grace us with that? Okay, so Flash wakes up and his mom is alive. How about that? Turns out Barry Allen had gone back in time to rescue his mom. And then it turns out uh, now the world is screwy. Uh, and he's encountered by Batman. But it's not the Batman we know. It's the first Batman. As anyone who read the greatest Batman stories ever told in the 90s or in the late 80s remembers, the first Batman was Thomas Wayne. 
Only in this world, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman after the death of his son. And Flash tells him, we can get back to this other world where your son is alive. And so he says, okay, let's do it. And then uh, Professor Zoom comes and they ruin the continuity. And then it's New 52. (laughs) The end. I mean, again, you're going to hear some folks be Debbie Downers on this book, but I, with my initial thoughts, am saying I genuinely enjoyed this. I didn't think I was going to, because again, I've got such disdain for the new 52, because I don't know why. I mean, Mikey Wood comes up to me all the time. He's like, why do you hate that event so much? And I'm like, I don't know. They made Superman wear different pants. It felt very forced and like, it was like wearing a sweater covered in odd liver oil. I just, I never got used to it. But this, this is fun. You know why? Because it's only five issues. And it reminds me a lot of some of those DC Elseworlds stories where you basically just kind of move all of the DC continuity around. You give all the characters different names and different faces with the uh, Shazam characters. Instead of making them the Shazam family, they all transform into Shazam and they're called Captain Thunder or whatever. whatever. And they have a cat which looks a lot like Battle Cat, which was Tawny Tiger. I, wasn't Captain Thunder a character? Like, shrugs back in the Fawcett days. Anyway, there are potentially interesting things that happen in this story. I mean, you have the whole Aquaman versus Wonder Woman war. That could have been interesting. It wasn't, but it could have been. <laughs> you have Cyborg as the main hero in this universe. Also a plot point that could have been yeah. something. The, the whole idea that Superman crashed and the government recovered him and threw him in a locked box oh my gosh and see that was one of my favorite parts just simply because i liked the character design of that superman a superman that was left like in a vault with no sunlight for like i don't know 40 years or something like that and he's all kind of like pencil thin and like yeah he looked he looked a bit like superman after the um world killer nuclear missile in dark night where he gets all shrivelly oh yeah but then yeah, in that yeah. one he went up to the sun and then he got all buff again but this one never gets buff he just comes back and he's kind of emo superman right but i liked his uniform with the s but it was like an s with a one next to it because he was you know subject number one or whatever I, I i thought that was genuinely wonderful and i think that's why i'm giving credit to andy cooper on this book because I genuinely liked some of the character designs. I didn't like the Batman. I don't know what was going on with his chest thing. It was like this red, it looked stupid. But his Superman looked pretty cool. And I liked what he did with the Shazam family. And to Chad's point, the the Wonder Woman and Aquaman reimagining, those all worked for me. So yeah. He gave Aquaman a haircut and he gives Wonder Woman Aquaman's wife's hat. Well, that's the thing. They were also like former lovers, which kind of made sense to me. I'm like, they would be because they're both like leaders of countries. Of course, they're going to kind of. I don't know. That's how that works. Eh, you never know. But I I, I, I I, got a lot of vibes from one of my favorite DC Elseworlds stories of all time, which was called The Nail. JLA The Nail. If you've never read it, that's a great one where they tell the story about what would happen if Superman never became Superman and the you know, the JLL was just led by Batman or whatever. Very similar concept. And Jeff Johns knows how to write universes when he can just start from scratch. I loved his Geiger universe recently. J.A. Yeah, I, I think 
every time we read a DC book, it's like a DC Elseworlds. Does DC have anything besides Elseworlds? <laughs> every book is Elseworlds. But Anyways. that's the problem. This is not Elseworlds. <laughs> but it felt like Elseworlds. And I th- did we even say that big bad of the whole thing was Flash and Reverse Flash? Yeah. My biggest issue is you didn't get a lot of Flash using his powers. He saved Batman from spearing himself after he got his powers back. And then at the end, he just runs fast to, to do the speed force and go back in time. But other than that, he doesn't do a lot of flashy Flash stuff. Some Flash is detective in here. But yeah, not a lot of not a lot of running, right? And you get the Barry Allen Flash from which I, I will say I, I I'm not a fan of because he's nowhere near as interesting as Wally. I mean, Wally's always been my uh, my favorite because Wally has more of that happy-go-lucky attitude in which, like you know, things just happen, and he's always ready with a smile and a joke. Barry Allen here. He's like a, a pillar of the Justice League, so he like he walks into a universe with no Justice League, and immediately he's like, well. Crap, I've been here before. He's like the veteran quarterback that some nobody team drafts. And he's like, well, I wasn't the best on the old team, but like, since I'm the only guy here that knows what the hell I'm doing, all right, I'll be the leader. And and everybody's like, yeah, you do that thing. Like, this, So he's this- essentially the, the Tommy Maddox of, of the JLA is what you're saying. Oh, wow. <laughs> if the shoe fits i guess the I mean, shoes and the shoes were very chunky what was i they like with the version we read had this the deluxe presentation so we got to see the pencils and then we got to see the inks we got to see some of the character design the costume design that the artists were working through and the flash's costume was like big chunky boots no tapering <laughs> yeah. yeah they did look like snow boots Honestly, you should be out there, you know, shoveling your sidewalk. But Chad, you you said in text messages you called Jeff Johns a hack. Oh, yeah. So do you want to back that up, buddy? Sure. He sucks. No, <laughs> no, I I generally try to to be positive in the show, and I I recognize that uh, Jeff Johns just as a writer, and it's similar to Andy and Adam Kubert, who I always mix up, but Jeff Johns is his work in general and i'll freely admit i never read jsa that might be out there that might be fantastic but i've read his green lantern i've read his flash his work is always okay at best for me and i feel like some of the plot contrivances that he uses to get his points across they're so far out there and they really put the contrived in contrivance it's all MacGuffins. It's all things that don't really matter and characters that don't really matter. And Thomas Wayne's going to destroy his world because his kid's alive in another one. And that doesn't seem like that matters. And just nothing has weight or impact in these stories, which is my really jerky way of saying it. it's just not for me. Yeah, I have not read a lot of Flash, and so I was really looking forward to reading a Flash story. And I felt like I didn't get the best Flash story. And not just because of the whole Elseworlds plot. I did enjoy the idea that the future has been rewritten and then he's his memories are going away and he's starting to remember the future as it is, not as it used to be. A, A twist on the usual like man out of time story that you get. But as I said earlier, he doesn't do a lot of flashing things like he doesn't flash around a lot. He I don't know. Maybe he doesn't in Flash books. I just assume that Flash does a lot of running and he doesn't do a lot of running in this one. He looked at himself doing a lot of running. 
on the cosmic treadmill or whatever that thing is called. Yeah, okay. but I, but I mean, that's why I don't read The Flash. His so power set running... is really kind of weird to put in a comic book. Like, going real fast? Like, how you, you know what? To... You If you're a good writer and a good artist, you can figure that stuff out. So and maybe... if you're Jeff Johns, you include Grifter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you loved the Wildcats. I thought that came out of your 90s wonderful age where... Rob and Jim and Todd, they were all having pina coladas and cocking out how great they were. And you didn't get even a little inkling of the fact that that dude with the red mask is like, hey, I'm Grifter with a big gun. Yeah, he doesn't belong. <laughs> I will say that when they had Paris underwater, it's like, I've seen this before. That's in that Tom Cruise movie. But I just looked it up. The Tom Cruise movie Edge of Tomorrow came out after this. So there is the movie cribbing from the comics. Wow. Now that was a good movie. Let's watch that. <laughs> we haven't even got to the movie review. Listen, I, I, I'm i going to say it point blank. I It was only five issues, right? And honestly, if this had not been tied to New 52 and this was just its own story, it kind of sort of was. Like, I mean, and that's the nice thing I will say about this. This has a bajillion crossover like titles that you can get right right they tell the story that should have been in the story i guess but you don't really have to i only read the five issues and i knew exactly what was going on each issue blended into the next one sure maybe you could find out a little bit more and a little bit background about this world by reading the other issues but it's not necessary get more grifter exactly maybe more like wonder woman aquaman you know kissing cousins feuding (laughs) There were so many interesting points that I thought were also left on the floor or how Jordan goes down because of the Amazon's air force of invisible planes. But you just hear about it. You don't see that. That would have been an interesting. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to just see a lot of sitting in formation. Yes. (laughs) With invisible throttles. Any case. Wait, did you say invisible jets? Were those in here? Did I miss them? (laughs) No, they just mentioned they were mentioned, but so remember you get Hal Jordan, who's not the Green Lantern. He's taking off with this special bomb to kill the Amazonians. Right. And then you hear a report that the invasion failed because of the air force of the Amazonians was all invisible jets that shot Hal Jordan and the rest of them. But you don't see it happen. Well, look at that. We can't even agree whether or not just five issues or you had to read all of the crossover titles was the best way to go. Because J.A.'s like, I want to read all those crossover titles. In their defense, this made me really feel for the hero because Barry Allen's there and he's losing his memories. And I read this book and immediately forgot everything that's there because it wasn't that good. Look, we got a movie review and recommendations. Let's go ahead and get to ratings for Flashpoint. Five issues of goodness, badness. What do you say, J.A.? Yeah, so we're gonna gonna be uh, one out of four chunky boots. <laughs> I don't know, one of those like funk bands from the seventies. Ah, oh, here comes Chunky Boots next on Soul. <laughs> I love that show, by the way. I would have I've given good money to be on the Soul Train line. Just done the little dance. Any case, Ja, how many chunky boots are you giving this? Uh, it's a two and a half. Maybe. Ooh. First of all, being someone who doesn't read a lot of DC, there are a lot of B-list characters kind of thrown in that I felt were supposed to be important, but I didn't know who they were. So they didn't have 
very much importance to me. Like Enchantress, I, I didn't get her whole vibe. That <laughs> other lady that that turned into fumes and, yeah, and was the just really girl. yeah, she really, had a great she was, look. She was just happy to be there. I'm just happy to be a part of something. No one ever wanted me to be a part of something before. And I didn't know if she's a big character or not. But Well, she's a playoff of Metamorpho, who is actually a big character in the DC. Okay. But, like, she's not. But I thought that was cool. Again, cool costume design from Mandy Cooper. So. Yeah, it was cool costume, but I didn't know who she was. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was a playoff. Did of it matter so. at the end of the day? No, uh, because it, Batman saved the day. So there you go. <laughs> Elder Batman, who just so happened to look exactly like Batman, <laughs> physically, <laughs> like Batman ages with a little bit of stubble, and that's it. Te- his technical prowess was not as much. They, it took a long time for the computer to boot up. Yeah, we only had that one computer, too. It's disappointing. Oh, right. We only have one rating, Chad, so what is it going to be for Flashpoint? Uh, I'm going to agree with Jay. This is a 2.5, but as much as I ha- have ragged on this book, which... Obviously, it isn't for me. So I apologize to those DC fans out there that, you know, I, I'm just having fun and at people's expense that work very hard on this. This is a, a fine average story. And that's it. It's average. It's run of the mill. I actually don't mind the new 52 that sprang out of it. I thought there were some fun, creative things that happened there. But uh, there was just a lot here where there were some neat ideas that ended up being unfulfilled potential. And the what was left was was just okay so 2.5 okay i'm gonna go a full three um i think i'm gonna go a little bit higher this is above average honestly i really enjoyed this, this is with a page turner uh, i think i read the entire five issues in probably about 45 minutes not because i felt like they were short or anything like that or i just was substance uh, i i <laughs> genuinely was turning the pages i wanted to see what happened next and the world that jeff johns built here uh, was kind of interesting to me. As I said before, like, I like it when Jeff Johns kind of gets to play with his own sandbox. Not so much like other people's sandboxes, but likes to build his own universes, like he's doing over at Image with his Geigerverse. So this was very similar. The, the characters had similar names. Like, there was a Flash, and there was a Batman, and there was Shazam folks, but they were different. They were different enough that it was like, Something special. And I didn't need to know a heck of a lot about what happened before. That was great. You know, as somebody that doesn't read a lot of DC, come on. The fact that I didn't have to read all these other crossover books, plus I didn't have to know what the hell was going on before it. This wasn't like some sort of Grant Morrison epic where I had to read like a thousand different books before his just to understand what the hell was going on, like Final Crisis or something. This was just five issues and done. And if you didn't know 52 came out of this, who cares? And you probably could have skipped issue four because that was pretty much the whole setup for this giant battle, which is, by the way, just a giant MacGuffin. Mm. There's no point. Who cares? At the end of it, Batman says, Flash, go run away and, and recreate time. None of this matters. So we just went through a whole issue of battle and waiting for Superman to come back for no point. I felt it had a point. It was entertaining. That was its point. It, it made me happy. Wasn't that entertaining? Captain Thunder, by the way, created by Elliot S. Magan and Kurt Swan, first appeared in Superman 276 as a Captain Marvel analog. Yes. That was before they got Shazam, I believe. And so they wanted to have somebody that seemed like Shazam. Any case, 
something that seems like a good idea is going to a commercial break. And so we'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop right after this with our recommendations as well as a movie review if you're good. I bet I like the movie more than I like the book. It'd be hard for me not to like the movie more than I like. I think I'm going to like the movie too. It was supposed to be a day at the beach. But for four friends, one wrong road will put them on a direct course to being the main course. Her name is Grandma Hazel, a chainsaw-wielding psychopathic cannibal, a beast of the backwoods with a body count higher than a bowl of blood-spattered scotch mints. From the creators of Pocus Hocus, Grandma Chainsaw. Evil has a perm. Hey, are you looking for your new favorite comic? Are you interested in epic fights, a career change, creating comics, and mental health? You have come to the right place. My name is Oscar Osorio, and up until a few months ago, I was working at a desk for a big company, until I burned out and decided to pursue my passion, comic books. It was the beginning of my new, better life. At least, that's what I thought. Turns out that doing what you love may involve newer mental health issues, worrying about getting money, feeling you're not enough, fear of disappointment, and more. So I combined these emotions with my love of superheroes and fan comics and turned it into my debut comic book, A Neverending Adventure, the fantastic quest of an aspiring creator looking for an idea. Life on Soup, right now. So come with me as I embark on the never-ending adventure of creation. Alright, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop and it is now time for recommendations. Yes, that time of every single movie-related show where you have to sit through us talking about more comic books before you get to that movie review, which I'm sure some of you tuned in for. It's not our fault. Like, we're trying to educate you on comic books, right? Like, we're not like, let's talk about video games and geek culture and what kind of, you know, Batman mugs you're getting at, I don't know, Target. Although those are kind of cool. I got one for like $1.50. It was super cool. Any case, we're here to talk about comic books. And well, here's- Did you see the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last Ronin video yeah, game? Yeah, it's, it does look good. It's got a war engine. <laughs> all right, all did, right, did, all right. Did the Target Listen. mug come with a little Frisbee top? That you it, did not, it did not. Oh. Sure, sure, all right. We, we got to talk about comics. And we're going to start off with Chad Smith, who's going to talk about his favorite Flash book, of all time, which you haven't read, you should check out. What is it? Uh, there you go. So this was back in Flash Volume 2. It was issue 74 to 79, written by Mark Wade with art by Greg LaRoque. And it is The Flash Return of Barry Allen. Where one day Barry Allen, who had been uh, thought dead at the end of the first crisis, shows up. And Wally West, who had been The Flash since then and was struggling to come into his own, you know, becomes his sidekick. And it turns out, Barry Allen's a dick. And so after he learns that his hero isn't all he's cracked up to be, it is revealed that it's not Barry Allen after all. Dun, dun, dun. But Wally West comes into his own. It's the story that cemented Wally in my mind. It's my Flash. Uh, it's Mark Wade, who's one of those guys that really understands characters and can really get to the essence of what makes the Flash something special. So the return of Barry Allen... Uh, learn to love Wally West so that uh, you can be just as upset as I am that he was replaced by Barry Allen again, because why have characters that are interesting? What's up, Barry Allen? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my recommendation this week goes along with my trend of giving you great comic books to read at the beach. 
We're at pool this summer. These summertime reads, and nothing encapsulates a summertime read more for me than revisiting some of the books that I loved in the 90s. That's right. Because I was a teenager in the 90s, and I was reading a lot of comic books when I was sitting at the pool trying to scope out babes, but failing miserably, probably because of all the acne in the high voice. But in any case, one of the books that I was reading at that time was one of the biggest events of the 90s, at least in my opinion, and that is DC versus Marvel Comics, right? This was the series that kind of regalvanized the uh, wonderful trend of taking the big two and smashing them together. And this was really in essence, a a true versus, unlike some of the other books that you may have listened to our reviews on the last comic shop, such as Spider-Man versus uh, Superman or, um, you know, X-Men Teen Titans, which are kind of more like small versus, but then like team ups. This was like a true versus in which these two weird celestial dudes, uh, I don't know, one of them's blue, one of them's red, evidently they notice each other for the first time in forevers and they're like we gotta fight to see who's the best and so they basically pit all of the dc characters versus the marvel characters for a little while and then there's this box full of magic energy that eventually makes them into the amalgam numbers which was stupid i hated that idea but there's an issue that's real good in this it's probably the only issue of the amalgam universe that's great and it's got the doctor strange fate it's, it's Charles Xavier wearing Dr. Fate's helmet, which is awesome, wearing Dr. Strange's costume, which is awesome, who is also being propositioned for sex constantly by a very thirsty Scarlet Witch. So, I mean, it's just a great issue. And it sets up a lot of other crossovers that would come after it. But if you have an opportunity to find it at a local comic book shop, it's actually kind of pricey nowadays because all these kind of crossovers are kind of pricey. But if you can find a copy of DC versus Marvel Comics, highly recommend. It's good summer reading. J.A. So I'm going to recommend any Flash book, any other Flash book. Just read a Flash book like I want to read a Flash book because I thought I was getting a Flash book and there wasn't a lot of Flash in it, I felt. It was a lot of Batman stuff, which leads me to my request. And maybe this is out there and I just don't know it. But you know how Penguin has those really beautiful Marvel books they've put out? Captain America, Spider-Man, Black Panther. They're coming out with Avengers, Fantastic Four, and the X-Men. It's all Silver Age stuff. I would love for Penguin or a rival publisher to put out a DC version of that. So you'd get a, like a Batman with some golden age, Batman and silver age, Batman. You get a Superman with some golden age, Superman and then silver age, Superman and a flash book. And I don't know. Yeah. Cause you could have a JLA one. And well, you could check out DC's greatest stories ever told featuring characters like Superman, green lantern, but there are a couple of them out there that have stories running the gamut, but I agree with you. The presentation on these uh, definitely would be better served with a Penguin-style update. Give them some gold leaf pages. Oh, yeah. I like those books you had as a teenager, J.A., like the the Joker book that was, like, all hardbound and, like, had all those No, no, not not only hardbound. It was leatherbound. Had had one of those little um, bookmarks. Yeah, the ribbon. Ribbon in it that you could put. Then you felt like you're really reading a prestige book classy well there's another good collection out there if you're interested in some flash books uh you can find uh the collection of all of the flash superman races 
which are kind of fun. That's another good story to read in the summertime because they're all like, you know, cotton candy and fluff, but they're fun. They're fun. They kind of like the Indy 500. They go really fast around for a while. And then at the end, they've come back to the place where they started. Somebody (laughs) wins. Yeah. That's one of those things where like every five to 10 years, another writer is like, yeah, it turns out Superman just lets the Flash win so he could have something. Or, oh, you know, the Flash really could run circles around Superman, but uh, he really wants to make it competitive. And so who knows who would win? Yeah. But one thing that you're always going to win is if you listen to The Last Comic Shop. And you can do that by going out to our website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. We've got terrific shows coming up all the rest for this summer. Next week, we've got our great Last Burger Shop Challenge, where, like we did last year, we're going to take 16 of the best burger shops. We're going to put pit them together against each other for the 4th of July celebration, as well as a review of Captain America Winter Soldier. So make sure that you're tuning in at least next week because that's going to be a hell of a show. Don't forget to head out to your local comic shops. Need to find one? Go to the Comic Shop Locator, www.comicshoplocator.com. You can look for things like DC versus Marvel or Flashpoint or The Return of Barry Allen or any Flash. Any Flash at all. <laughs> so, or you can always head out to our website for more comic-based content. What else can they find there, J.A.? We got links to all the social media, links to our merch store. We got shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, this week only chunky boots. So check it all out. <laughs> Everything at the last comic shop podcast.com, your place for all things comic book related are they like ple- are they like pleather chunky boots are they like the x-men boots from like the uh, they, they're like movies? they're like rip off ugg boots but it's shirley jones and the chunky boots <laughs> isn't there a bad mst3k movie or sorry an mst3k movie like called golden boots the girl yeah, with the golden, girl with boots? The golden boots for sure there it's not go. girl with the chunky boots <laughs> Will the chunky boots be go-go in nature? My chunky boots don't want none unless you've got chunky boots, hun. All right, that's enough. Okay, we've got this movie review coming up, so stay tuned for The Flash. Until then, I'm the host of most, Daniel Larson, joined by Chad Smith, J.A. Scott, and we will be right back with that movie review after Mikey Woods tries to sell you some stuff. Charge up the bat signal for this Batman movie. Batman, also featuring Flash. Hey, it's Mikey Wood, frequent Last Comic Shop guest and collector. And as a collector, I'm always in need of boards, bags, long boxes, and more to house all those comics. That's why I use promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off my orders at bcwsupplies.com. Not only does it get me a discount on BCW's already low prices, but I know using LCSPOD at checkout is another way I can show my support to the Last Comic Shop podcast and their continuing mission to bring fans together under that big comic book tent. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, Head out to bcwsupplies.com and use promo code LCSPOD today. That's LCSPOD. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ah, you know what? We've got a movie review. That's right. Thanks so much to Mikey Wood for, again, pimping our side hustle which is bcwsupplies.com. Make sure that you're getting out there, picking up all those tremendous bags and boards and stuff for trading cards, right? Trading cards. We don't talk about it enough. You into baseball? Get some stuff at bcwsupplies.com. LCSPOD works just fine on that too. That's right. 10% off for you, and that helps us out because... 
We're getting stuff. <laughs> you get my order ready? I'm very excited about my BCW Supply order. Wow, that's right. You getting anything from BCW Supplies? Well, I need a box for all these <laughs> single issues you've given me. Yeah. Inherited comic books I didn't know I had. <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, speaking of comic books, uh, coming up, it's going to be a movie review based on a comic book. I can really say that point blank. I'm glad that we did uh, Flashpoint as the opening salvo for today's episode, because honestly, the Flash movie is pretty much Flashpoint. But before we get to the 10 cent synopsis, we're going to go ahead and get who was in the Flash movie, J.A. All right. So I'm going to put out there that spoilers, we're going to be talking probably heavily about spoilers. So let me see. The Flash was directed by Andy Muschietti on a screenplay from Christina Hodson with a story by John Francis Daly, Jonathan Goldstein, and Joby Harold, of course, based on DC characters. Ezra Miller played the Flash. And? And Barry Allen. And the Flash. <laughs> and the Flash again. Uh, Sasha Kale was Hara Zor-El, Supergirl. Michael Shannon played General Zod. Ron Livingston. I presume. Was Henry Allen. So he was uh, not talking to the Bobs and <laughs> quitting, but uh, good to see that he's still getting work. Maribel Verdu was Nora Allen, Barry Allen's mother. Kiersey Clemens as Iris West. And then uh, the, uh, Batmans. the Batmans. We had, of course, Michael Keaton returning. And Ben Affleck was also there at the beginning of the movie, reprising his DCEU role. Right! Batman, and uh, there were some other DCEU characters that showed up as well, so spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it was, in some ways, the best DCEU movie I saw, because most of them I hated, but I enjoyed this one. But 10 cents synopsis, Chad, what happens in this? Okay, so in this movie, uh, Barry Allen the Flash figures out that he can go back in time and uh, work to stop the death of his mother, keep his father from spending the majority of his life in prison. And so he decides he's going to do that thing. And so he goes back in time, meets young Barry, uh, meets Batman, uh, hilarity ensues, and then he screws up time and everything uh, gets destroyed and doesn't get destroyed. It's kind of a crisis level event. And uh, and Batman. Lots and lots of Batman. <laughs> right! In fact, there were four. Four Batman in this, in this movie. Batfleck. We had Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Uh, Spoil those things. <laughs> mystery Batman. Another Mystery Batman. All yes. right. All right. For those folks wondering, though, you get a, it's a cornucopia of past DC movies, folks showing up, and even some folks that weren't in DC movies, but were supposed to be in DC movies. Yeah, and I thought that they did it well. It, it was a little fan service but it wasn't knocking you on the head, and it was just enough that if you knew it, you kind of laughed and you liked it, and if you didn't know it, it was over quickly and it didn't. I, I agree. It was very fan service to the point where some of the things in the background, like I'm looking at the names of the, the bars and the pizza places, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> rolling my eyes. Like, oh, there's Grayson's Pizza. But no, you can tell this movie was made uh, out of love for fans and DC continuity and the DC movies that have come before and it really is taking everything and smashing it all together and playing it off of ezra miller who we talked about they are pulling 
double, triple, quadruple duty in this movie, uh, you know, both as The Flash and as Barry Allen and then as young Barry Allen and doing all these different things. And I, I that's where I think I'd want to start is just how great was Ezra Miller in this particular show? Yeah, and, and going in, there was obviously a lot of controversy about the person not in the role. So I didn't know what I was going to get. And they did such a great job of distinguishing between the different Barry Allens. I thought that was what really set it apart. It just wasn't like, oh, that's the Barry Allen with the short hair. And that's the Barry Allen with the 1990s grunge hair. Right. Go. Absolutely. It almost felt like in this movie, we got Flash and Kid Flash. The older, elder, future Barry Allen was playing the role of Barry Allen from the comic strips, the older mentor. And he was mentoring and shepherding the young Flash who had just got his powers or whatever, which you could consider, you know, Wally West or Impulse or any of those Kid Flashes over the years. I really do agree with both of you that Ezra Miller did a great job of distinguishing these two different roles and making them truly two different characters. So, yeah, and plus there there's a levity at the heart of this movie, even though there's a lot of different complicated machinations going on. Um, DC Comics sometimes can be a little sophomore for me sometimes, and I mm -hmm. thought this movie definitely was, in a good way. Yeah. I mean, there are jokes in there that are kind of terrible, and if you consider all the things that, you know, come about since then... I don't know if you remember my Lone Ranger movie where I put a lot of things in a box. Right. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to put some things in a box to enjoy this movie. But if you do, and you know my babies in microwaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Badly CGI babies at times, oh, man. Yeah. There was so, Those there... babies were born in the Uncanny Valley. There was a little <laughs> bit of Uncanny Valley CGI. And unintentional or not, every time, especially at the beginning of the movie, maybe it, it felt better as it got the action scenes changed or when you know the big battle climactic battle fight but the initial flash running stuff uh, oh. it's just painfully <laughs> <laughs> the question for you is is the flash's goofy swimmy runny style worse than the wonder woman theme because the answer is no <laughs> the wonder woman theme is the worst even though I love Gal Gadot and I think she's a perfect embodiment of that character. And if this is, in fact, the end of the Snyderborn DCEU, I will miss well, Gal Gadot. We still have, don't we still have, yeah. the, we still have one more. Right, we have like Blue Beetle and then technically Aquaman's coming up later this year. But yeah, I mean, this is a good way to kind of at least close the loop on Batfleck because not to give away too much. He's gonna come back. I, I don't know. It's I'll weird. Miss like I don't think he got a, a solid movie under his belt, and it wasn't his fault. Well, he that, was a great bat. Well, that was the question that I had for you, Chad, because I'm gonna go on record saying that I really enjoyed this, but I was really interested about your thoughts simply because this movie revisits one of your least favorite superhero movies of all time with Man of Steel, right? Like it's right. the same. General Zod's there. Technically, he's the big bad in this movie as well because he's there and they're recreating the events of, you know, trying to terraform the Earth and, and make it into a new Krypton. So he's the big bad. But, but for some reason, at least I felt this seemed better in some way. What did you think? I mean, well, I, I think this movie for me was a lot of empty calories. You know, it was an inch deep and a mile wide. And whereas with Man of Steel, you had a much more, you know, for better or worse, Zod was a much more complex character. Here, he's just a big guy that punches and stabs. 
I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Did it rehabilitate anything for Man of Steel? No. <laughs> still, is it better than some of the other DCU movies? I, I enjoyed it. Um, there are things about this movie that, for me, on a, a personal level, like that, uh, I I find unconscionable. As much as I enjoyed it, you know, there are things that, you know, I, I have to put in a box to say that I, I enjoyed this movie. So because of that, I won't say it's my favorite. I enjoyed Shazam. That, the first Shazam was two thirds of a good movie. Yeah. And uh, the Wonder Woman movie, uh, the first one with Gal Gadot, that was delightful. Um, I'm sure there were others. Were there others? <laughs> Maybe. I didn't mind the Zack Snyder verse. Snyder cut for what it was it, it was what it was for what it was yeah. you know you can't fault anybody for that well let's get your thoughts on this I mean I think when we were leaving the movie theater you said that this is uh, I thought movie... this was one of the better DCEU movies if Blue Beetle I think kind of falls in its own thing and we'll see how the Aquaman falls but it felt like the culmination of the DCEU and they're ending on a higher note that's uh, true I think it's much better than the Wonder Woman 80, 1984 movie, which was confused. It's much better than the Joss Whedon Justice League. Very confused and, you know, just tonally shifted and shifted. It felt like it had a, a distinct singular voice and singular tone throughout. There was some gravitas. You felt Barry Allen had to go through, uh, you know, a, a journey the hero's journey, if you will, and 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 there was some weight to that. It, the emotions were earned emotions. They weren't just using cinema and song and sound to to yeah. pull on heartstrings. I mean, I want to I want to piggyback off that. I feel like sometimes with some of these uh, these comic book movies, they they rely on you knowing about I don't know the emotional notes that were in the comic books. And like how you felt reading the comic book of like, oh, Gwen Stacy died. How horrible was that? And they try to like use that to be like, we don't have to explain as much in the movie as a result. And this, I, I feel like they they actually did a better job because again, Barry Allen in the comic books is white bread. Like he's horrible. Like he's not even a character. Like it's so weird to me that like everything that Barry Allen does in this movie series and then like i don't know the flash tv show they're all wally west things that's all wally that's all like you know the young naive coming of age character the screw up you know all that that's wally stuff that's not barry barry was like an elder statesman dude but in this case it, it works because there was some gravitas and it balanced out with the humor that's what i i enjoyed it so I will say, though, this is another multiversal movie, which that's the rage in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the Spider-Verse. That's this movie. And I always struggle with the multiverse because if you have infinite options, then no options matter. Right. But I thought they did a good job in this of explaining, you know, the consequences of these different actions and how they affect the ripples. Although I don't believe that Batman would be eating spaghetti. <laughs> Grown ass Michael Keaton is not making pasta out of a box. He just needed some carbs. And when we knew Michael Keaton was coming back, I, like you, was really just really hoping we were going to see a little Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, there's a, the opening scene is, you know, him stalking Barry Allen and he has a longer hair. And I thought for a second, like, oh, Catwoman's there. Catwoman's his security guard. 
That'd be great. Uh, Catwoman's not there. But <laughs> the thing I will say, while this movie did a fine job of dealing with those multiversal tropes and showing the consequences and things like that, I, I feel badly because this movie suffers or coming directly after uh, Across the Spider-Verse. Right. I mean, if you're going to pick one movie to see this summer, it's not The Flash. And I also agree that not only does it suffer because it's going up against a much better movie, I think it suffers because it's coming out after MCU Spider-Man movie, where we saw all these old Spider-Mans brought back. Where right. We had the Tony Maguire and together. And so, so that impact of having a different Batman, it's like, oh, we've done that. We've seen that. It. It's still great, but it just loses that sort of originality. Right. I, I love seeing Michael Keaton back in the role. And, you know, like that, I wouldn't trade for anything. That was wonderful. He did a great job. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It was great seeing Michael Keaton. It was great revisiting all of these wonderful things from the past DC, you know, because honestly, until they started embracing this whole multiversal theory with not only just the Marvel movies and now the DC movies, it was almost like as fans, we kind of had to sort of forget about a lot of those other movies because they were like, oh, those happened, something, and that's not the real current continuity. But now it's like everything's on the table. Now these all these movies count. Every single thing counts. It's part of a whole, a whole shared universe. And so you can watch those old movies. I, I You can watch Batman 89 and it actually matters because, you know, you're watching now with the, the, the Flash in this movie for those newer fans. So they all count, but the big difference is when you get those across the Spider-Verse movies, we saw that movie and I was like, this has raised the level, you know, of animation. This is art. That's artfully done. The Flash movie, it's not that. Okay. Like I said, it's an inch deep and a mile wide. It has references for the sake of having references. And, you know, as a comic fan, is it cool to see that? Is it cool to see Nick Cage actualized as Superman? Absolutely. But at the same time, like... One of my my big things that I get on my Star Wars buddies about is about how so much of Star Wars, at least cinematically, uh, has just been about dry humping nostalgia. The the sequ- since the sequels, right? Yeah. Well, the prequels too. Even. Like, they were. Right, it's not just going with something. It was it's yeah. a Star yeah, Wars okay. podcast. Go on. It's just like when we we talked about the Crisis book and people were complaining. Oh, they're giving all these different people their moment to shine. It was out of respect for those characters, I felt like. Here, it's just like, no, we want to show this Superman. No, we want to do this. We want to show a clip of this. We want to do that. And then they do things with with some other characters, which this is a a big spoiler. They bring back uh, the George Reeve uh, Superman. They bring back the Christopher Reeve Superman and put them in this movie. And this is another note they've gotten from Star Wars where they're CGI dead actors likeness into a picture. And boy, does that just make me sick to my stomach. Nah, yeah, I agree with that. But somebody that wasn't dead was Michael Keaton, because he was the best. Now, J.A., this was your Batman. You have gone on this show many times saying this is your Batman. Were you pleased with what they did with the Batman in this movie? Or do you think they should have done more or less or whatever? You know, wanting to see Michelle Pfeiffer, no Michelle Pfeiffer, it was Catwoman. That was a uh, that was like, oh, missed opportunity. I thought it was great. It was not. It wasn't just Batman. There was a bit of backstory. He had fallen out of being the Batman. It would have been nice, maybe, to find out what happened. Yeah, but I, it was nice that you know Wayne Manor had kind of gone to pot 
and the bat cave was all dusty and and i like that they had the original computer stuff that he had in 89 and it all felt very lived in but perfect and, and and i thought they did a great job not only respecting the tim burton vision and there were nights there were very nice notes of the danny elfman theme coming back the original batman theme so i thought that part of the movie was obviously done by someone who really enjoyed and really loved the original tim burton does this batman. cement him as the king of all batmans what do you mean? Does it cement? <laughs> he already was the king of all Batman. Just that's for me. <laughs> for the last twenty years. What I, I love, like there was like little Kingdom Come moments in this, where you know, like he opens up his secret vault, and you see all the bat suits that he would have had over the years. One of them was blue and gray, oh, which yeah. was wonderful. I love the fact that he wore like the Adam West ascot sometimes as he was walking around the manor. It reminded me how great Michael Keaton was and playing Batman because he he didn't have to be really dark. He always straddled that line between like, you know, the campy 60s Batman and like more of like a dark adult themed Batman to a point where it's just like, he felt like a real yeah. person. Yeah. And, and you remember when they cast Keaton originally, everyone was like, Michael Keaton, that yeah. comedian guy is going to play Batman. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was nice you know, where the younger Flash made his Flash suit from a Batman costume. And then he goes to turn his head and look over and the head doesn't, <laughs> doesn't shift. That that was a nice little dig and, and happy moment at the, the, the fact that the original bat suit didn't have a lot of uh, movement. <laughs> yeah. And no, this movie does embrace the absurdity of all of those things that have come before, you know, the, that you get with all these different superhero tropes. Right. Yeah. Man, I really love Michael Keaton. You know what? I, I heard he's actually in the unreleased Batgirl movie with the Batmobile. He actually drives the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. They got to release that. Come on. I just need more. To your point, why did Batman, he just said it. He said Gotham City is now the safest place. In the, is it because he stopped being Batman and just did what he was supposed to do? And philanthropy gave money out to cancer research and, you know, computers everywhere. To... Oh, how about that moment when he's holding on to the Wonder Woman's lasso of truth? Yes. And he's like, I really should be putting my money elsewhere, but I really wanted to make a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, it's now time for our rating. One out of four scale for this particular Flash movie. movie. J.A., what's our one out of four scale? Well, it was a Flash movie, but in reality, it was a Batman movie. So one out of four Batmans, because there were different Batmans in this movie. So how many Batmans do you rate this Flash Before movie? we get to that real quick, do you feel like the movie Flash or Flashpoint was more of a Batman story? Because you commented earlier in the show, I just thought, like, this isn't a Flash book, this is a Batman book. I think the movie was slightly more Flash than Batman. There's a lot of Batman in it, but you get a lot of Kara in this movie, too. Right. We haven't even touched upon her. I thought she was great. I, 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 know, I don't know. Was there controversy over the... Uh, the role or what she looked like having dark hair and not being the blonde I, normal. I, I'm sure there is just from that subsection of people that like to complain. That's not accurate. Uh, I loved her anger. Yes. Having been, I mean, the, it's essentially it's like the Flashpoint book. She's been crashed on Earth and found and, and locked away. So she doesn't have exposure to the sun. And then she gets exposure to the sun and 
Well. All right. Well, I mean, you're you're on a roll here, so let's finish it off. What was your rating? I'm gonna give it's a solid three. It's a it's a great movie. I think it it's a uh, one of the better DCEU movies. It's got some rewatchability quotient, but as you said, Chad, it suffers that it came out after the Spider Verse movie, after the third Spider Man movie. So some of these things we've seen already. Uh, so it's going again back to the well, just with different characters. Chad. All right, so I know it. from our reviews, I felt like I was the harshest on this movie, but I'm, I'm going to bump it up a little bit. I'm going to say a 3.25. Okay, I, I keep my box with me with all of those things that uh, <laughs> would cause me to, to not sleep at night. And I, I say, put that stuff in that box. And I, I enjoyed this movie. I, I enjoyed the humor in it. I enjoyed the levity. I thought the, the plot, you know, made sense as much as it was, you know, a, a bunch of machinations there. I thought it respected the things that came before it mostly, except for those things that I put in that box. So yeah, 3.25. It's not the the, the worst experience. Yeah, and as far as DC movies go, I, I do think this is one of the better ones. It's just it has a few troubling things out there that would keep me from really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it, uh, I think, the same. I'm going to give it a 3.25 because, simply put, I enjoyed it, which anytime I walk out of a DC movie... And I can say that I enjoy it. it. Hey! That's not that many. That is a victory. It's better than Black Adam. It was better than a Uh, lot of things. I forgot about that one. (laughs) As you said. Well, that's good. That's it. I'm done. I I don't want to talk anymore. (laughs) I will say this, that honestly, it's nice to see the DCEU done by somebody other than Zack Snyder. I know there's a lot of Snyder bros out there that'll be like, oh, this is the moment I'm going to turn off this. But I don't I don't care for Zack Snyder. I don't care for his approach to the way that he does comic book movies. And to be able to see at the beginning of this movie, it's a Zack Snyder Justice League movie to start off. But the levity, the tone, it, it was just better. And it just continued in that fashion for the entire movie. So I'm going to give complete and utter credit to Andy Muschietti for the wonderful directoral job that he he did on this. I hope that he gets an opportunity to maybe do Flash 2 and maybe we'll get Professor Zoom. I don't know, though. And that's really the saddest thing about all this is like this movie's tanking at the box office. And a lot of folks are saying it's just simply because it wasn't well publicized at all due to the things that Ezra Miller did. They kind of had to stay away from it. But that's a shame because it's a really decent movie. And I hate to say it, as a performing artist, Ezra Miller is pretty good. Yeah, it, I think that Warner Brothers in general has just been so bad at marketing their movies. You think back to Batman 89, how well that was marketed. Oh. And then all of the recent DCEU movies have just the last five years. It's like whoever is working there. They forgot how to market a movie. That's right. They've been doing a better job of uh, marketing Asteroid City. Oh, uh, I can't wait. I know, right? That week is it the weekend? That's out yet? Is it? And then like, oh, Flash was just like it just went under the radar. But yeah, 
It was you said it right. It was a decent movie, a DC decent movie. <laughs> what else can you expect? <laughs> all right. Well, in any case, that's all the time we have for the last comic shop this week. Make sure that you're tuning in next week. We've got a tremendous event for you again. It is the last burger shop for the Fourth of July holiday. So if you liked our last chicken shop last year, where we pitted all of the chicken shops against each other for your votes. Make sure that you're tuning in for the Moo Cow's turn. That's right. All the burger shops. Early picks, gentlemen. Who do you think's going to win this? I don't know, but I tell you who's not going to win it. <laughs> who's that? It's the cow. <laughs> <laughs> See, and you think I tell the dad bad dad jokes. Come on. That's for next week. Where does Ezra Miller's Flash land on the... DC hierarchy of power. This is the only thing you have, man. Lean <laughs> into it. <laughs> not in that weird, dumb swimming running style. Don't lean oh, into that. You start with that. <laughs> you lean it. You lean at that. You're gonna fall over. Like, <laughs> I'm Lawrence with the most, Danny Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and Jay Scott. And we will see you next week. Until then, stay safe, stay eating burgers, and tune in for burgers. Go see Flash. It's gonna fall and lose another tooth. Yes. <laughs> Comic Shop was a 2023 Black Anders production.